This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Nation is live, your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere, Thursday, November 12th, wherever and however you're connected. Great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with BYU's own animal control specialist, Jerem Jordan. No one can control Cosmo. This much is evident. Slate Canyon a couple weeks ago, and now earlier this week in Provo, there was a cougar sighting, according to KSL slash BYU TV's Dave McCann. The video was uh, it's just eye-popping. Cougar hanging out uh, in someone's backyard. So the whole rise and shout the cougars are out thing being taken very seriously. Cosmo, settle down. BYU's in the top ten. He's very excitable. We're trying. There hasn't been a home game in a couple weeks. You know, he's just anxious, just roaming out there. So, just look out for Cosmo. Don't uh, offer him any maple bars. And if uh, you see him out there roaming around, you know where to find Jerem Jordan. Uh, Yeah, tweet, tweet at me. Tweet at me. Just don't. You can tweet about the schedule or Cosmo. Those are kind of the two topics I'm taking right now. Just don't tweet at Jerem Jordan too, right? Not to your burner. Yeah, yeah, that's my burner account. (laughs) Although I will check that one too. Cosmo's excited about Thursday's show lineup because we have the case for and against BYU football making the college football playoff. Mm, We're going there once again. Why? Because realistically, this might be the only time that we're able to ever discuss this. That is factually accurate. Eric never discuss this again. Eric Edholm, the lead NFL draft analyst of Yahoo Sports, joins the program. Where does he have Zach Wilson going in the NFL draft if it were to happen today? And Deep Blue with James Empey, a can't miss. Also, BYU basketball's newest recruit makes his BYU Sports Nation debut. Here are today's BYUS and headlines. We begin today's headlines with our daily update on QB1. Strike that pose. It's time for another Wilson for Heisman update. Pro Football Focus has Zach Wilson third on its Heisman list ahead of Trevor Sunshine Lawrence. Wilson has the top passing grade of 94.4 and his 93.9 is third in offensive grade to Justin Fields and Mac Jones. Ever heard of him? Of note, Zach Wilson's pass efficiency is 201.63, which is just shy of the NCAA record set by one LSU's Joe Burrow last year, 202. So if Zach Wilson can be as efficient as he has been, he's got a chance to set the NCAA record, which is pretty gnarly. So you're saying if Zach Wilson can be as efficient as... Joe Burrow, he might he win the Heisman, win the Heisman, Heisman and, and it'll be get the number one. one. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yes, that's exactly what we're saying. I'm wearing the blue goggles for the blue radio goggle alert. Blue goggle alert. What's amazing about this alert. is blue the blue goggles. Alert. You don't need them as much to discuss right. some of these things these days. Right, Heisman and number one. You still need them in playoffs. Still need them. Yes. BYU junior offensive tackle Brady Christensen ranked the number one offensive lineman in college football, according to Pro Football Focus. In a number of categories, Christensen has an overall grade of 95.4. That's an A. 0.8% pressure rate. So let's quantify that some more. Only two quarterback pressures allowed, and that ranks first among all offensive linemen. I love the BYU coaches and teammates waving the Brady banner last night on Twitter. His offensive line coach, Eric Mateos. As far as tackles go, he's top two, and he ain't number two. Nice. His quarterback, Zach Wilson, said, this dude's a beast. Best left tackle in the country. Offensive coordinator Jeff Grimes responded to the Zach Wilson tweet and said, uh, you would know. Laughing emoji. Yes. Protect Zach at all costs. 
Uh, I'm going to push my thumb into your uh, shoulder with 0.8% pressure and see if you notice it. it just does, you know, That's insane, right? That's crazy. Fury Hoop Science tip you forward Jake Walleen, the 6'8", 180-pounder from Provo, averaged 14 points, 7 rebounds for the Thunderbirds last season. Walleen plans to serve a mission before enrolling for the 2023-24 season. We will chat with him later on in the show. His family line has significant ties to BYU Athletics. We'll get into Colby that. Colby Pearson and... Harvey, Harvey Longy and Mallory Walling. Played volleyball. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How about that? That's pretty cool. A tradition unlike any other, and frankly, in a time like no other. The November Masters of Golf teeing off in Augusta, Georgia. It's Masters Week in November. Honorary Cougar Tony Finau, one over through four holes. 2003 Masters champion and BYU alumnus Mike Weir is even par after two holes. Hey, the weekend will perform at halftime of the Super Bowl. You like that? I do like that. I do like that, too. Yes. That'll be great. And Jim Fredette, 27 points on 10 of 18 shooting uh, today in China. He had five assists, two boards, and a Shanghai Sharks loss to the Shanzi Lungs. A Lung is a Chinese dragon we learned. Google we have knows the internet. all. Yes. And what you really meant with the weekend is Elijah Bryant's doppelganger. Yes. Although I, I beat that horse to death, so I'm <laughs> staying out of that. All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's what's trending on BYU Sports Nation. BYU football currently has a 23% chance to make the college football playoff, according to ESPN's top metric makers. The Cougars were all over ESPN's homepage yesterday, part of promoting the network's push to the playoff, and a big part of the road to a playoff spot for all 12 of the top teams in the sport. Jerem, let's focus in on BYU because that's what we do. What is the case for and against BYU to the college football playoff when the committee is considering all of this. Yeah, undefeated certainly uh, needs to be in there for a non-Power 5 team. Okay, Two wins away. BYU has the best chance to win out according to ESPN's FPI, 89%. Makes sense, right? North Alabama, San Diego State. Let's go. Uh, Efficiency of teams that have played multiple games. um, Fourth on offense, uh, three-plus games. 13th on defense. And, uh, yeah, fifth in overall efficiency. So BYU's been crazy good. They just, they've been pounding people as well, scoring margin. Uh, number one among teams with multiple games played, BYU scored the most touchdowns in the country of any team. 48 to Clemson's 46. Clemson has scored one more. They would still be undefeated. Games played is a big deal. BYU's one of 11 teams that have played at least eight games. The team that has played the most games in the country is Texas State, by the way. They're one in eight. Um, so that's, that's the, the four. Also, uh, BYU's top 10 in offense and defense, which puts them in a unique situation, which is our stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. BYU's the only team in the top 10 in scoring offense and defense. How about that? They've played multiple games. I like that. So that's all great, right? Okay, the case against, strength of schedule mm-hmm. is the case against. BYU's opponents are 22 and 32. Only two, uh, I guess three teams with a winning record. Take Troy, out Texas State there and what's the record become? <laughs> Troy, LaTeX. <laughs> And it's part of it. So I didn't even include the FB, uh, FCS, North Alabama, right? If the season ended today, this would be the third easiest schedule in BYU history since 72. Um, but it's not over, right? So San Diego State will help that a little bit. No Power Fives, uh, zero wins against teams that are currently ranked. BYU knocked Boise State out of the rankings. Hopefully Boise State climbs back into the rankings. Depending on who you ask, BYU strength schedules team rankings 67, ESPN FBI 98, remaining strength schedule 121, by the way. Sagarin, 91. The college football playoff is primarily built for Power 5 conferences. It is not meant to include a non-Power 5 team. Notre Dame in the mix is a bad thing for BYU's chances. AP poll also indicates to us 
that three Power 5 teams with one loss above BYU, and that's not the college football playoff ranking, but it's, some, it's not everything, but it's something, um, that tells us that strength of schedule matters. So, yeah, it's not – BYU's not going to make the playoff, and that's okay with me, but it's fun to be in the conversation. How do you know, though? Because you talk like it is just factual. How do you You're know? Right. I, I don't know. Just the chances are that BYU does not. 23% chance says that they will, according to ESPN. And I'm trying to figure out why it's so high. If I'm, I'm being completely honest with you, because I, I lean towards you, you where, before this? where it's like, uh, okay, it's just not like, but 23% seems high. Why, why is it 23%? And for me, there is, for whatever reason, because 2020 is so weird and there's no certainty that these other high-level teams are going to be able to play their other games, what happens on championship weekend if they can't have a championship game in a major conference? Like what do you what do you do then? Then you just give it to Ohio State. They didn't lose, right, or whatever. You know what I mean? You, I mean, they, you, listen. They you, they love that. It's I know who, who made it. It's the power brokers. It wasn't Marshall and Conference USA saying yes. This is how we should do it. It was the power. Five. Then there's this. A question brought up by one of our producers here at BYU TV yesterday, Harrison Collier, and this is a very valid question. What does the College Football Playoff Committee do if one of the top four teams has a COVID issue? Yeah, I don't know. Do you have an alternate ready to go? Do you have two alternates ready to go? Do you delay? And then the money situation gets really weird if a team can't play because of COVID, but they've qualified for that. Do you do you give the money to the school still and allow the other team to come in and play that game? I don't see a situation where, let's say, Clemson is playing Ohio State in the semis again, where they're like, oh, you have a COVID issue. I guess we'll let in uh, Cincinnati, BYU. I don't really see All that. of this is clearly unprecedented and just super weird. But I thought, wow, that's a really valid question. What do you do if these teams can't play in the biggest of games in the conference championship games and ultimately in the college football playoff? It's it's just so weird. So who knows if BYU is a benefactor by default because another team can't go or in the rankings leading up to the college football playoff. I'm not putting anything past 2020. And so that's why I feel like, okay, maybe 23% is legit because everything is just so unknown right now. You're right. BYU is not a traditional Power 5 juggernaut. And looking at the AP Top 10, talking about a case against BYU, and we mentioned this earlier on the show this week, there are three one-loss teams still ranked above BYU. Yes, I agree with this. All of the one-loss teams are outstanding. Texas A&M, Clemson. Strength of schedule has to matter. It does. And listen, it's not BYU's fault that they had to play this schedule. BYU had a too tough of a schedule. It's six power fives, right? Four in a row, three of the first four on the road. It's not BYU's fault they played this schedule. In fact, I would credit BYU that they are one of the 11 teams that have played at least eight games up to this point. BYU just played seven in a row. That's incredible. Yes. Everything is awesome for BYU. I just, I just don't want an over-evaluation of this. Why can't something just be very good? Why does it have to be great, right? BYU is... And maybe BYU is a great team. We, we need to see another big test for BYU to really know. I'm hoping that comes in the form of a New Year's Six game, and then we'll see where BYU's at, right? And then we celebrate Zach Wilson's last game as a Cougar, and hopefully it's a win, and it's one of the best seasons in BYU history because the Cougars took advantage of a situation. They occupied a space that was deoccupied by the Big Ten and the Pac-12 and kind of the Mountain West and MAC, right? BYU shot up a little higher than they would normally because they were out playing and wrecking fools and efficient. And Zach Wilson has been incredible on the offense and the defense. But if BYU doesn't make the playoff, I'm not going to be bummed. I love being in the conversation. That's enough for me because a New Year's Six 
is higher than I thought BYU would ever get. It took a pandemic to wreck the schedule for BYU to get in this position. And that's sad because a pandemic's not good for a lot of people. Um, but BYU took advantage of the situation, and they played their best and done the best they possibly could. Now, what's interesting is there has been, and this from the national media, almost COVID forgiveness for BYU's schedule. So BYU's to being credited, BYU's being credited yeah. for going out and challenging themselves with the original schedule. And Kirk Herbstreit and Reese Davis, right. all these guys are coming to their defense you saying, credit for well, intention. They wanted to play this schedule. It's unfortunate that we can't see BYU play this schedule. It's not their fault. So there is this level of forgiveness for BYU in that regard. Right, to a point. Which is helping the cause as well. To number eight, but not to number four or something. You know what I mean? Well, then you wonder, man, would BYU be in this position if they had played the original schedule? I can't say the words on BYU TV that I want to right now regarding that. ESPN's Bill Connolly <laughs> and his S&P Plus, if you look at the projections against BYU's original schedule, he would have the Cougars favored in every single game, every single one of those on the original schedule. Right now? Yes. That's interesting. I, listen, I agree with that right now, but when you, you, BYU just would have been beat up and injured through the first four. That's just what happens. History tells us this happens. Being a favorite doesn't mean you're going to win all of the games. Oh, yeah. Ask, uh, ask Wisconsin, USC, Tennessee, you know, <laughs> like Michigan State, like all these teams BYU's beaten the last couple of years. The last thing I'll add is ESPN's Toledo, article South Florida. points out that the Houston situation between Cincinnati and BYU and how they played that game is also a factor in leaning towards Cincinnati being the more deserving team. Because Cincinnati Cincinnati deserves it more than BYU right now. They do. They're undefeated. They haven't technically played a harder schedule, according to they've the Sagarin ratings. D- they've done it more recently better. So, But they'll be challenged more than BYU will over the last month. They'll have their yeah. opportunity to really Since he's 28-5 and five the last two-plus years. That's amazing. Our question of the day. What is the case for and the case against BYU to the College Football Playoff Committee? Let's go to Voice of the Nation. This is the Voice of the Nation. On BYU Sports Nation. Bruce Webster answers on Twitter. Case against? It's hard to claim BYU is the fourth best team in the nation based on their schedule. Case four? BYU may be one of the few teams that will have played 10 or maybe even 11 games yep. and won them all, yep. whereas Power Fives may struggle to get to six or seven games. Put that out on Twitter yesterday. I think there will be, and we talked about this early in the season, the, the volume uh, will matter for BYU. They got to 10 games, hopefully, right? Two left. Let's go. Okay, coming up, why does Mel Kuyper not have Brady Christensen on his top 10 tackles list? Plus, if Zach Wilson were drafted today, where would he go? And at which pick? Lead NFL draft analyst for Yahoo Sports. His name is Eric Edholm. He'll tell us next. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Saturday, November 21st, watch BYU football host North Alabama live on BYU TV and the app with Dave McCann, Blaine Fowler, and myself on the traditional broadcast. There will also be a second screen experience stream on the BYU TV app featuring your boy Spencer Linton, David Nixon, and Mitch Matthews with commercial-free conversation throughout the game. Check it out November 21st. Can't wait to be in elite company yet again. We are live in Studio B with your day-to-day BYU Sports play-by-play. I'm Spencer Linton, teamed up with Jerem Jordan. It is our pleasure now to welcome in on the Deseret First Credit Union hotline, Eric Edholm, Yahoo Sports lead NFL draft analyst. Eric, welcome to BYU Sports Nation. Oh, thank 
for having me, boys. Hope everything's great out there. You guys should be enjoying life right now, right? Uh, that we are. Top 10 ranking for BYU undefeated. And Zach Wilson is flying up NFL draft boards. So let's start there. When I say the name Zach Wilson, Eric, what's the first thing that comes to mind? Yeah, I mean, he caught everybody's attention a couple of years ago and, you know, all the, you know, Mormon Manziel stuff. And, and he was such an exciting player that freshman year. You kind of wondered what his ceiling would be. And, you know, with the, you know, coming off the offseason surgery and the injury last year, it kind of marred him a little bit. But it was interesting kind of getting a perspective on him this summer. You know, and scouts still remember 2018. They, they saw the flash plays, uh, you know, in doses last year. So he came into this year with a pretty good standing in NFL circles, not the first round, not the top 10 stuff that we're talking about now, because he's clearly taking his game to a new level. The confidence is sky high. The arm talent is there. The playmaking, uh, you know, improvisational stuff he does. He's just such a fun quarterback to watch guys and very much in the mold of that dual threat quarterback. That's kind of all the rage now. Yeah, and he can run. He's not running a ton, but he's scoring touchdowns right. when he's running. Eight on the year, uh, tied for first, I believe, among all quarterbacks in FBS. And it's not just that BYU's winning and you get noticed, although that's a big deal, right? It's also that he's playing a certain way, and, and he's crazy efficient against competition that BYU should probably beat, but BYU's beating up fools, including Boise State on the road. That, that had to impress people as well. Absolutely. And, you know, I, I said on Twitter, I said, you know, he's been everything this year that we wanted Jordan Love from Utah State to be last year. I felt like, you know, there was so much excitement coming into the season. He didn't quite match the hype. There was obviously a sort of a talent deficiency for Love, but not the case for Wilson. He's using his receivers, his tight ends. Rex is a good young player, as you guys know, you know, spreading the ball around all three levels of the field. Uh, you know, and I think really the biggest thing too is he's getting the time. There were times when I felt like he took some sacks in the in the past, and you know maybe didn't hang in there as well against pressure. I haven't seen that this year. I think he's been tremendous in that regard. Eric, if the NFL draft were to happen tomorrow, where would you put Zach Wilson going, and to which team? Yeah, so I we do uh, now this sort of weekly snapshot of the top five of the draft. Just instead of a, a full mock draft, I don't have the energy or the time to do those every <laughs> single week, but give people a snapshot of what the top of the draft is looking like and, and what, what could happen. I put Trevor Lawrence one, I put Justin Fields two, and after a couple teams that really you know might not need quarterbacks, I had the Washington football team taking Zach at number five. The mock before that, I had him number six of the Vikings, so... You know, the draft order's changing. It doesn't mean he's, you know, necessarily rising or falling or whatever. Every week's going to give us a little bit of a different picture. And the offseason, free agency and everything else can change that as well. So it takes that quarterback needy team. But at this point, I mean, as if he keeps this trajectory or doesn't fall off, I would assume top 10 is, is feeling pretty good at this point. He might be some team's quarterback number two behind Lawrence. That's pretty incredible considering that last year we were talking about a kid that uh, coming off shoulder surgery didn't have the arm strength that he uh, did before, and then he breaks his thumb in game five. He, he can't grip the right. ball at the end of the season. Was it just him getting healthy? I mean, what are, you, what are you seeing that has made this quantum leap for him in his junior year? Yeah, obviously you, you have to factor in the health there to see you know a couple games where he had multiple interceptions uh, before the injury and then after when he came back, and so – you know, it was just this sort of uncertainty about was he playing too recklessly? Was the injury a major factor? You know, how much of that do we weigh in? There's been no evidence of that so far. So you have to imagine that 
you know, he regained and maybe even added some of that arm strength. He's always had the arm talent. I know there's a subtle difference between the two, but uh, now he seems to be throwing, you know, to all three levels with touch, with, you know, a little bit of steam behind it when he needs to. Um, and then those those perfect in-between passes as well. I mean, it, it's been fun to watch. I kind of joke, too, that some of his best passes have been incomplete passes. Those are the ones <laughs> that get me the most excited. It's amazing. Eric, get home with the Sun, BYU Sports Nation. Eric, if you were to look at Zach Wilson and pinpoint something that he needs to work on, what's the case against Zach Wilson for not being as good as Trevor Lawrence or Justin Fields? Yeah, I mean, sometimes that freewheeling style can work against you. And, and honestly, this last game, I mean, even though statistically it was very impressive, you know, there were some, still some throws that he probably left on the field a little bit. He took some of the sacks like that. You know, that fourth down play or whatever, I don't think is a big deal. But there were a couple where I think he should have obviously thrown the ball away, you know, try to find a way out of that pressure there. That's that's still going to come. This guy isn't going to waltz into the NFL uh, and light up scoreboards every single week from week one. You know, depending on which staff he ends up with, you know, they might try to tighten up some of his mechanics. But, you know, like I had a coach ask me a couple years ago when Mahomes was coming out, he said, sometimes you just – you don't want to sort of reel the stallion in. You want to let him roam free and do what he does best. So there's only so much of that stuff that you can clean up without sort of, you know, roboticizing the quarterback and making them too mechanical. Stallion, stud, all the horse analogies. Let's just keep them going, right? <laughs> I love right. it. Yeah. Okay, especially after the boys stay win. We love that. Let's look at some of the <laughs> other guys on the team. Brady Christensen feels like he's the next best NFL prospect. What do you think of Brady Christensen? Where does he fit among the BYU NFL prospects? Yeah, I would say he's probably right up there among their top guys. And, and you know, it's been fun to watch him with such, I don't know, light feet, soft feet, quiet feet. That's really how I would describe it. His pass blocking efficiency has been outstanding. I know he's had a couple of penalties this year. I haven't gotten to look at him beyond about three games. But what I've seen has been pretty impressive. So, you know, I think he came into the year with a healthy amount of, you know, intrigue. But I wouldn't say that you know, necessarily people were thinking, okay, this is a potential, you know, starting left tackle. So his draft stock probably still up in the air a little bit. It's a good year for tackles. You know, last year was a good year. This year, I think, again, is going to be pretty good as well. So seeing how that all kind of shakes out will we'll ultimately decide his final grade. But, you know, if you told me day two, somewhere in the middle of that range right there, rounds two and three in the draft, it wouldn't stun me at all. Zach Wilson's stats have been, to say the least, eye-popping. But right there with him are his two emerging receivers. When you look at pro football focus, they are in the top four of the most catches of 15-plus down the field. They're up there in yards. Dax Milne has 803. These guys were very much off the radar of NFL scouts. So how much are they benefiting from a season like this? And is it good enough to get them onto NFL radars? Yeah, I mean, Dax has really kind of caught my eye. I mean, he's got that kind of little suddenness about him. I don't know that he, I don't know what his testing numbers are going to be. You know, I don't ultimately know, you know, what his his time is going to be in in the testing drills and all that. But, you know, his his subtlety and his subtleness, I mean, and his uh, suddenness, excuse me, have really been impressive. You know, and just Gunner adding that deep threat, I think, has been important, right? Where you, you really can have those concepts that, we see teams play so much zone against them. They're afraid of the running threat. You know, they want to keep everything in front of them. It makes sense. But you have a guy who can take the top off a of defense, and then you also have the intermediate targets as well. You know, that really opens things up. So, you know, what Dax Milne's 
NFL draft stock is right now. I, I haven't asked enough people to give you a, a great number. And I believe he has one more year left, if I'm not mistaken. Correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah, so, but but certainly an emerging player. And, you know, it'll be an interesting decision for him, too. You know, obviously not knowing whether he'll get the same level of quarterbacking after, after Zach leaves, mm. uh, presumably. Yeah, plus seven power fives after perhaps one in the New Year's Six, maybe. Uh, different kind of schedule as well. Let's look at a couple of yep. other guys who are seniors and probably not expected to come back. Uh, Kyrus Tonga, defensive tackle, and the tight end Matt Bushman, who is out for the year with an Achilles. Yeah, I mean, let's start with Bushman just because, you know, the injury history, you can't ignore it. It's been a big part of his story. You know, it was obviously, you know, so sorry to see him have to go through that there. But there's still some fans in the NFL community. I mean, there are a lot of people. He probably got, I would say, the second highest grades behind Tonga um, as far as, you know, the the summer grades were concerned. Kind of on that late draftable range uh, in that in that area. Not a not a massive guy for tight end, but tall, good arm length, you know, that sort of thing. Great you know, touch and feel, can do a little blocking as well. But I think ultimately the injuries are going to be a huge concern. He's got to show to NFL teams that he's healthy. But, you know, Tonga really interests me too because he seems to have, for, for a big, stout, kind of compact, short guy, a lot of the quickness you're looking for, that finishing ability. And, you know, I, I really – I watched the, the Tennessee game last year uh, coming into the season, was pretty impressed with him. Uh, you know, maybe that, that nose tackle is, is, you know, the traditional sort of run-stuffing nose tackle is dying a little bit in the NFL. But I think he can do both. I thought his, his, his play in the, in the backfield last year was the kind of burst you want to see from a, from a guy who weighs, you know, 320, 330 pounds. Eric, besides Brady Christensen, what type of exposure is the BYU offensive line getting overall, like center James Empey, who's been a little bit banged up, but he too has good yeah. grades from pro football focus, and Chandon Herring, among others. How is this benefiting other guys on the offensive line? Yeah, Tristan Hogue coming back as well, obviously switching schools too. You want to get a little more information on him. But, you know, this is the kind of thing where Wilson can have, you know, the, the Heisman candidacy-type season and it reflects so well on the offensive line. They're, they're certainly going to be one of the, you know, five or six, I would assume, finalists for the Joe Moore Award, the best offensive line in the nation. Now, whether they win it, I don't know. But that's the kind of thing a breakout season from Wilson can have as an effect on the entire program. It shines a light on, wow, these guys are pass protecting really well. When they do run the football, they're making good contact. You know, Harry has some positional versatility there. Right tackle, he's played right guard. You know, Hogue obviously has a good little pedigree behind him. I think he has his fans as well. MP's sort of seen as that smart, reliable center. Uh, those guys, you know, tend to be on the, the cusp of being drafted or not. But I think all three will be considered, you know, possible draft picks. And, you know, certainly people that will be on NFL rosters whenever they do come out in, in the case of the underclassmen. And let's finish with this. BYU hasn't had a, a ton of uh, draft picks in the secondary recently, but there's a couple of guys that perhaps may make it into the draft or undrafted free agents and safety Troy Warner and cornerback Chris Wilcox. What do you think of those two guys? Well, first of all, speaking of injuries and coming back, I mean, obviously Troy's story, you know, the, the kind of the freak foot injury, the multiple surgeries, you know, people may know the last name, obviously Fred Warner, who's emerging as one of the best, you know, off the ball playmakers in the NFL with the 49ers. You know, his brother has had to go the long route to get to this point. But in a lot of ways, I mean, he's sort of been their, you know, they're one of their most valuable guys. And he, I think, has at least risen into that draft perspective where 
he probably came into the year with undrafted grades by most teams just because of the injury concern and you know I think fifth year senior if I'm not mistaken uh, but now I think he might be entering that day three mix and Chris Wilcox is a kind of a longer corner who's got some intrigue there uh, Anderson obviously has, has gotten some some looks as well probably more of an undrafted type but you know it, it's it's surprising how much talent they have on defense. There, there may not be a, a first-round pick among them, but, you know, with Tonga, Warner, uh, Kafusi, Zach Daw, you know, you may see like six guys from this group end up on NFL rosters next year. Eric, it's so great to discuss multiple BYU Cougars with you, especially <laughs> knowing that BYU hasn't had multiple players drafted in about a decade, if not a little bit more. Wow. So we think this will be the year. Um, safe to say that BYU is going to have multiple draft picks this season? I think so, yeah. The way it's trending, I mean, uh, you know, unless one of these guys surprises and stays in school or there's a major injury, you can count on Wilson. You can count on Tonga. You know, uh, assuming Christian, Christensen uh, gets drafted as well, and I think fairly highly. So we're looking at a minimum of three and more likely, you know, in that four to five range if, if one or two of those other guys come through. So this is, yeah, it's exciting for you. And it's exciting for the, the draft community, too, who, you know, knows how many great players have come out of the program. Eric, we enjoy your stuff on Yahoo Sports and encourage all of our fans to go and read it, man. Thanks so much. We'll talk to you again soon. All right. Thank you, fellas. See ya. You got it, Eric. At home on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, you know why we show how. That was an excellent breakdown. Very thorough. We mm-hmm. hit almost everybody, right? I've only been able to watch three games of Brady Christensen, so That's I've got it? some more work That's to do awesome. there. That's awesome. Yeah, pretty good, man. Okay. okay, coming up, would you still work at the same place your dad was let go? That decision changed the life of one BYU football player. And there are zero Cougars in the top 101 college basketball players. Should there be somebody in the top 101? We'll discuss. This is BYU Sports Nation. This segment of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Visible Supply Chain Management. Do you like watching touchdowns and three-pointers and stuff? Then you'll love the BYU TV app. You can watch Coordinator's Corner, the Satake Show, the Pope Show in a couple of weeks, games. It's free. And I give it unto you this day. Thank you. He is Jerem Jordan. I am Spencer Linton. And this is BYU Sports Nation. You know what to do. Let's whip it. The Cougar Whip Around presented by Visible Supply Chain Management. Tackling America's most challenging shipping problems. Brady Christensen is pro football folks' top graded blocker. That's also me on Twitter. But it's not on Mel Kuyper's top ten offensive tackles. Which is more accurate? I'll take pro football focus for a thousand, Jerem. With blue goggles firmly in place. Yeah. And I'm going to give Mel Kuyper a pass this week because he put Zach Wilson at number 13 on his big board. So that will suffice for now. I'll give Mel a little bit more time to get in line with everybody else that matters, like the folks at Pro Football Focus. You give him a pass, and guess what? It's going to be a clean pocket because Brady Christensen is blocking yes. for it. Yes. They're two different things to me. PFF grades are one thing. What a team wants and a grade for the draft is a little different. So I'm okay that it's a little different, but I do want Mel to include Brady at some point. Sure. If he's going to be a day two draft pick, then he needs to be in the top ten. But, and the thing is, well, he hasn't played anybody. Uh, he was awesome against Utah, USC, Tennessee, Wisconsin. among others last year. So, And as a freshman against Wisconsin. I think he's been okay. Yeah. BYU basketball does not have a player on CBS Sports' top 101 players list, Jerem. Is there a BYU Cougar you feel belongs on the list right now? No. But what if BYU has two in the next one? I think Alex Barcelo and Matt Harms would be in that next group. And that's okay. That's okay because 
uh, BYU will develop that star power this morning this year. Enter Chip on the shoulder. Let them play with it all season long. Really? They, they don't respect you. This random list in November from CBS. I think Dick Vitale would put Matt Harms in oh. the top 101. Yeah, well, he loves talking. But, yeah, not right now. I got to earn it. The only child's outperformed all but three guards in the NBA draft combine in the shuttle run. What? 242. That's I didn't know that till right now. What does this mean for Yelly Childs? Just more fuel to the fire for him being drafted in the second round uh, of the NBA draft. And I think it really is a 2020 exception scenario for Yoli because a bunch of European guys aren't going to be there. And who's eligible? Zoom interviews matter more. And Yoli's super impressive. And his numbers are super impressive. This is good. All these numbers are good for Yoli. And I feel like he's going to be drafted in the second round. They're not good. They're great, dude. They're even better, right? Uh, I'm very excited for Yoli Child's prospects of getting on a team, whether that's in the second round or not. Let's stay with Yo. A report from Laker Nation and Silver Screen and Roll, both Laker blogs, says... Los Angeles has been in contact with Yoli Childs. How would you like Yoli teaming up with LeBron and AD? You mean with Alex Caruso? I love this idea. I'm not a Lakers fan per se, but I would love to have Yoli Childs. Fit matters. Just no Knicks, no Kings. I can't wait to see Yoli rocking his world championship NBA ring as a rookie. (laughs) (laughs) Well, in a second year, but yes. (laughs) Okay, the Masters begin today. Who do you have with a better finish, Tony or Tiger? And by the way, while we discussed this this morning, I was literally eating Frosted Flakes. Which is fantastic. <laughs> I'm, Tony's the top 10 man. Like I, I'm, I think he's more consistent than Tiger Woods. Is. I think there's going to be too much pressure on Tiger to repeat what he did in 2019. So I'm going to lean here with Tony Fino. Tony performed really well after the anchor roll. He didn't roll his ankle this year. I think he rolls up the leaderboard Ooh. in the Masters. I'm hoping for a top 10. He had a rough start this morning, but he's one under through six. So he's Go. bounced back with a bunch of birdies. And we're 2003 champ, even through four. Nicely done, Michael. Very cool. Okay, coming up, the newest Cougar hoopster, Jake Wallin, on why he chose Brigham. And a resonating deep blue feature with BYU center James Empey. His dad was laid off as a BYU football coach. Turning point decision ensued. That story next. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. On the latest BYU Sin right now, Isaac Rex tells Kiki Solano how the locker room celebrations really get started and gives a fair warning to the trolls attacking his dance moves. <laughs> Check it out on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and Instagram. I love his deadpan approach. <laughs> Isaac Rex. I got roasted for my move. Welcome back to BYU Sports Station Live from Studio B when one of Isaac's teammates, BYU Junior Center James Empey, and his father were in a tough situation. Mike was let go as the offensive line coach. James had a major decision to make, one that changed the trajectory of his entire life. This week's Deep Blue presented by America First Credit Union. We're here to help. Growing up in a football family, his dad, a former player here and a coach, I think certainly helped him and and set the stage for him, so to speak. He thinks like a coach and he asks questions like a coach. That's his edge when it comes to the game. And that's what really, I think, sets him apart and allows him to play at the level that he plays at. He's one of the smartest players that, that I've ever coached. And the fact that he gets to touch the ball every down, it's helpful for us as coaches. Usually has the right answers and then usually makes the proper adjustments before the coaches even have, have to do it. You know, and so I, I think that's the fact that he's had a wonderful father as an example and, and a coach to be there with him throughout the whole 
the, his whole journey. I know I got a guy in my corner that knows exactly what I'm going through, knows exactly, you know, what's going on and, and somebody I can talk to because there's a lot of people that, that are there for you and, and talk to you, but having somebody that actually knows kind of every little detail is, is kind of cool. So, you know, it's helped us be super close throughout the years and, and, and super close to this day. So, When we weren't on the football field, I was dad. And if I was going to be the coach all the time, I was going to miss out on the important parts about being dad. And so we were like, well, I just have to have a rule that when we're in the truck on the way to practice, I'm dad. When we get out of the truck, I'm the coach, and I can treat everybody the same. I think that can really challenge relationships, and there's an intensity that comes sometimes when dads are coaches. I think we did our best to try to navigate that, and I think we, I think we did okay. BYU had played a huge role in my life all growing up because my dad played here and coached here. I'd come to all the games. I'd go hang out in the locker room after the game with my dad and all the players. You know, I was around here, and, and BYU was awesome to me. You know what I mean? And I, I decided that that, that was going to be a great opportunity for me. And we had a good first year. I mean, it was it was a lot of fun playing playing for my dad. After that year, didn't have the best year, and and, it, and a lot of the offensive coaches got let go. My dad was one of them. And, and I just remember thinking to myself, like, man, I came here because of that reason. And I, I just, I kind of didn't know what to think about it, you know. And, and for a minute, I was a little bit turned, turned around and, and flipped upside down and just kind of trying to decide what I wanted to do for myself, um, even if I wanted to stay or if I wanted to go. And the coaches that came fired my dad, and it was all like, you know, how do you handle that? It's kind of awkward. But I just decided that there's no coincidence I was supposed to be here. It all, it all worked out like it was supposed to. I'm going to stick to it. I'm going to stay here. And, and we're going we're gonna to make this work and make it happen. And, and it, was, it was the best choice I could have made for myself. The way he's handled the situation with his dad has been one of the most impressive things I've seen in my entire coaching career. You know, I've never seen any, any young person handle it the way he's handled it. And in my opinion, that's what's really made his career here. For most young people, it could have easily gone sour. He could have easily left here and nobody would have blamed him. But he stayed true to his commitment to this team and this program and this university. And in my opinion, that's what makes him the most special is how much he really cares about this place and making this team a really great team. You know, it's just one of those things that happens in life where things change and you you just adapt and just keep going. I'm grateful that he's had a great experience at BYU. I feel like he's got amazing teammates. I feel like I'm lucky because I got to be there to help bring some of those guys into the program, and I know the type of character that they have and the potential they have for the future. And and those are the kind of teammates you'd want your son to play with. And so I think that, you know, from that standpoint, it's been the best thing for him and he's had a great experience we've loved supporting the cougars and seeing him play well and and his friends you know and the other guys play well what kind of was a hardship ended up being something that was a real real blessing in my life and so byu is a special place and it's special to me and uh, i'm just so glad i'm here since the beginning of james and i dating i have always really admired how much he he loves football and how he puts everything he's got into football. But even more so, I have really admired how he's always put both of us, our relationship, even above that. Yeah, so thanks for tuning into our cooking channel. And considering how much he puts into football, how much time and effort and energy he puts into football, 
he puts just as much, if not more, into our relationship, and I am so grateful for that. My family has always been there to support and help me, and my wife has just been incredible. This We've been married about a year and a half now, and she's just been so amazing and has been such a help, kind of a light for me. And, you know, it might be a little cliche, but they say you got to marry somebody that makes you want to be better, and that's my wife makes me want to be better, and so... Um, I'm just, I'm so blessed to have her in my life. What a great story on James Empey, and what a unique situation for him to have to work through. He could have left, and it would have made sense, right? He actually signed with Utah out of high school, and then after his mission, transferred to BYU, redshirted, and then was going to start playing, right? After his redshirt year, that's when Mike was fired. And so it was like, oh, what's going to happen with James? And luckily he stayed because he's really good. BYU's had the same starting center for the last three years. And before that, it was the last four years with Tijon Chroma. So you think about it, two dudes in seven seasons. That consistency from freshman on has been really fun. Also, James doesn't have a mustache in this photo. This was clearly pre-COVID. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad his dad, Mike, pointed out during the piece that he had the opportunity to recruit the core of the guys that right. are now crushing it at BYU. I would, I would say, yeah, thanks to Garrett Tuje, thanks to Mike Empey, thanks to Ryan Pugh, all these guys. This has been a, a, a long build. It's not just, boom, snap, puff the magic dragon, boom, 2020. Like, it's taken a minute. Yeah, to the get offensive line has been, a, you're right, has been a very, very slow build. Yeah, it takes time with those guys. Coming up. Today's Rise and Shadow. Plus, the newest member of the BYU basketball team, signee Jake Wallin, makes his show debut next. It's all about family for Jake when it comes to BYU. This is BYU Sports Nation. Deep Blue on BYU Sports Nation is presented by America First Credit Union. We're here to help. BYU Sports Nation's Rise and Shoutout is presented by Mountain America Credit Union. Guiding you forward. BYU Sports Nation, always available on demand via the BYU TV and BYU radio apps. And download the podcast, subscribe, rate, and review. BYU basketball signee and the newest member of Mark Pope's team, Jake Walleen, joining us on the Deseret First Credit Union hotline right now as we wrap up this show. Jake, welcome officially to BYU Sports Nation and BYU basketball. Appreciate it, guys. It's good to be here, and uh, I'm super excited. Yesterday was a fun day for me and the family, and I'm glad it's, it's all official now, so I'm officially Cougar. All right, Jake, your sister Mallory played volleyball at BYU. Your brother-in-law, Harvey Longy, played football at BYU. Your other brother-in-law, Colby Pearson, who's married to Mallory, played football at BYU. How much pressure did they put on you to pick BYU? Um, they didn't put much pressure on me. Um, they all they all knew up or – I would make the right decision for me and myself and but they they all definitely would mention here and there it'd be fun to have me here down in Provo and play right in front of them and their kids and so not a whole lot of pressure but um they're they're definitely excited whenever I did make this this decision so Jake did your dad play football at BYU did I read that correctly yeah yeah he did back in the later 80s gotcha and uh so did you grow up Cougar um, yeah, I would say so. I grew up in Texas, so I was a little bit distant from it. But uh, we would go to the football games like against TCU and then some other games down south whenever we had the opportunity. And then um, we'd come up here every once in a while for uh, vacation or visits. And So I was kind of around it, but uh, yeah, I would say so. And then when did you uh, move to Provo and go to Timfew, start going to Timfew? 
Yeah, I moved here in eighth grade, right before high school. Gotcha. Jake, why did you ultimately pick BYU over all yeah. of the other options? And there were plenty. Um, like I mean, like I just said, it kind of, it kind of was a dream school for me growing up. But then, as recruiting went on, I did realize I have some other options that wouldn't be so bad, and uh, and a whole lot of other coaching staffs that, you know, these guys are all great. But uh, when it came down to it, Coach Pope really kind of sealed the deal and brought me in. Uh, he brought that that blue blood out of me and um i couldn't i couldn't just say no and then just to play right here in provo in front of all my family and nieces and nephews it's uh i couldn't i couldn't turn down that opportunity so and we're looking forward in uh 28 years uh when you get to byu jake uh you're gonna go <laughs> on a mission and then you'll be here for 23 24 so you're gonna play your senior at tipview yep. and then go on a mission so we're excited it's just gonna be a sec right uh it's oh, gonna it be is, a yeah it is. He, Coach Pope told. I always say all the time, like that's three years. That's a long time, and he's he's always he always says. I mean, it's it's going to be here quicker than you think. And yeah. so I've kind of kept that in mind. But they're 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 always excited to get me on the court whenever we talk about that. What is it like being recruited by Mark Pope with his engagement and his dynamic personality and all that energy? Yeah, yeah. It was it was different from a lot of the other recruiting. Uh, uh, experiences I've had. He, he definitely had a lot of, a lot of fire and energy into his, on, on his calls. And, um, he'd FaceTime me the first couple of times and he'd, uh, so I kind of had to, you know, get ready for it. Like it's, but, uh, he, he's, uh, he's a super energetic guy and it's hard to, it's hard to not be a part of that when you're talking to him, you kind of, he brings out your energy as well. And that's where we both connected. And, um, he, he really emphasizes, um, you know, they do their two a day things right now. Uh, it's, it's the hardest thing you'll ever do, but he says it's the best thing you'll ever do. And it'll make you a great man and a, and a different person. So, um, ultimately that's, that's one of the bigger things I drew from him early on. Yeah. I just realized that the good news about you not playing here for three years is there definitely won't be a pandemic, Jake. It's going to be all right. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, we'll be back to normal. That's a, yeah, that's a good thing for me is, I can kind of get out and uh, and get away from the. I mean, not get away from it, but uh, have something else to do during the pandemic while it kind of runs off. And then um, when I get back, sh- things should be back to normal, and uh, we can get we can get back to work. So, did he ever say? Because he likes to say this, Jake Toulson, This did he ever say this, Jake Walleen? Yeah, I've I've heard him say that. I've heard <laughs> him, he says he says full names. It's funny. He, it's a. Uh, it's a cool deal, but uh, <laughs> yeah, he's had that before. How would you describe your game to someone who has never seen you play basketball before? All right. Um, well, first of all, he or Coach Pope's told me he wants me to play a one through three, maybe four at times, and that's that's kind of a big deal to me because I've worked as I've grown over the years and developed. I've worked on being a guard because I knew at the next level with my size, I'd, that'd be a big, a big thing for me. And, um, so some people may see me and say, Oh, he's probably a big. And then, but in high school, for some cases I am, cause I'm the biggest guy on my team. But in, when college comes, I'll be, I'll be playing guard for coach Pope. And, uh, but, um, as far as skills and stuff go, I can get to the rim. Um, I can score all three levels. I can shoot as my highlight, uh, film can show, 
but uh so and then ultimately my my biggest my biggest thing for is for me is uh i can defend like no other for my size my hips are really loose so my freshman year that's gonna be my biggest thing if i want to get on the court is i'll have to go in there and guard and use that skill so um yeah i'd say those couple things and then as i continue to get stronger i'll have i'll it'll something will come easier for me Hey, a man with a plan. I can dig it. Jake, great to meet you. Great to speak with you on BYU Sports Nation. We'll look forward to seeing you in the future. Okay, I appreciate it, guys. Go Cougs. You got it. Jake Walleen on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, you know why we show how. Yeah, he's got the pedigree, right? 6'8", let's go. Can shoot it. Like a tall shooter. Steven Rogers, Wyatt Lowell, those kind of guys. Mm -hmm. Question of the day. Back to BYU football after our uh, brief moment into BYU basketball. What is the case for and case against BYU to the college football playoff committee? Our elite voice of the day presented by Sundance Mountain Resort. Roberts underscore MN says for the donut in the loss column against <laughs> BYU's not in the SEC. Or the ACC that might get to. <laughs> Today's Rise and Shoutouts presented by Mountain America Credit Union guiding you forward. When it goes to Western Michigan for pulling off a red alert that was even better. They had a dude that was wide open on a fake spike for mm-hmm. a touchdown that beat Toledo. Oh, you mean the team that Zach Wilson was 18 for 18 against in the Idaho Potato Bowl? Yeah. Let's not bring up Toledo, though. Okay. Fair enough. Uh, my rise and shout-out goes to our friend Elmo Keck, a guy who has spent several hours working at Legacy Hall in the student-athlete building. He officially donated this Rob Freight Train Morris whistle nice. to the BYU Sports Nation set. It's very cool. In fact, he said, all of my kids are okay with uh, me donating this to BYU TV and BYU Sports Nation. Yeah, that's a, listen, that Freight Train whistle was a cool thing. Rob Morris probably hates them, but we love them. Oh, it's so cool. <laughs> L- love it. Our thanks to today's guest, Eric Edholm of Yahoo Sports, NFL Draft Analyst, and man you just heard from, Jake Walleen. Sorry to Dennis Pitta, we ran out of time. The conversation continues 24-7 on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Use the hashtag BYUSN. For this Jerem Jordan, I am Spencer Linton. Shout out to Jay Linford. We'll see you tomorrow on BYU Sports Station. Guard Alex Barcelo of BYU Basketball will join us then. Go Cougs.